The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome into the early lines. This is hour number two, live right here on Sports Grid. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside, we continue to break down the action from the NFL and Sunday night football delivered a game. And beyond that, I'm not sure what else Sunday night football delivered. 16 to 10, the Baltimore Ravens take down the Cleveland Browns. They win that game. A bang under. A bang under, no doubt. The Ravens saw Lamar Jackson throw four interceptions. This game was a turnover fest. Baker Mayfield tried to get in on the interception party, and they dropped one. He still had a couple of fumbles in this game here, Donnie. It was such an ugly performance. The takeaways, I think, for a lot of people will be difficult. I have some thoughts here, but I want to let you start it off. What would you take away from Baltimore Cleveland? I bought into the Browns here because it was one of those games where you're saying, like, okay, they're going to be healthy in this one. should be able to move the football. Calais Campbell was out. It should open up some running lanes. That wasn't the case here. But also, sometimes you just know, Kevin, right? You see the Browns get the football first. They are moving it right down the field. I said, boy, Baker Mayfield's on it. He looks healthy. This offense is ready to go. Donovan Peoples-Jones drops a pass that would have put them basically first and goal or at least into the red zone and driving for more. Now, You get another play to Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he doesn't even know where the football is at. Okay, settle for the field goal, no big deal. Wide left right off the bat, and I said, I've seen this movie before. I know exactly how it ends. Just didn't think that the Baltimore Ravens would be equally as bad, but the Ravens did win. The Ravens did cover the spread in a game that went way under the total that was set in around 47 at game time here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But overall, my general takeaway, it wasn't even that Lamar Jackson was terrible and he was rusty in his way back. It's What is going on with the Cleveland Browns? They are way too talented to be operating like this. They have elite talent on the defensive line, at linebacker, at you know, in the safety position, in the cornerbacks. The defense should be able to get after, and they did. They barely gave up any points here. But the times where Cleveland was able to come back in this game and just couldn't do it. You saw, you know, Baker Mayfield, a couple of fumbles, but the one that really got me after an interception, you put or after, excuse me, a big pass by Baker Mayfield. You put Jarvis Landry in the game to be the quarterback, and he promptly fumbles. And I say to myself, you're doing too much here. Just take what they give you. Even a field goal at that time would have been so big. So disappointed with the Cleveland Browns in that performance last week. And that is going to leave them up to, are they really a playoff-caliber team? Because they have playoff-caliber players, but I don't know if they can get in now at this point. I'm glad you started on the Cleveland side, Donnie. I want you, and for some of those that have the ability to pull up this Browns schedule, because the Cleveland Browns are going to hit their bye, and they'll have five games left. And their current win total in the FanDuel Sportsbook is eight and a half. It's got minus 145 juice to the over. They're a now minus 370 favorite to miss the postseason. The Cleveland Browns schedule coming off of the bye week, they're home against the Baltimore Ravens. They will be dogs in that game. They'll then be home against the Vegas Raiders. Right now, Vegas, especially coming off of what they put forward on Thanksgiving Day, look to be in a better position. They go to Green Bay. They might be a touchdown dog in that game. They go to Pittsburgh, and I know the Steelers look horrid, but I'm not sure the Browns look much better, and they close it out against a Cincinnati team who almost assuredly will need that game as they have themselves legitimately in the hunt for a spot here in the AFC playoff picture. Donnie, they need to go 3-2 and two over their last five to cash over 8.5 wins. The plus money is on the under. You never want to overreact to one game, especially 
especially a game that is in prime time. Let me make sure I bring the radio audience into the fold. Appreciate all those tuned into the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side talking Browns football here. Donnie, eight and a half. The plus 125 is on the under. Am I off base here that that's a legit look? I don't think so. I actually, because again, I just prefaced by saying I can't believe what the Browns are doing, but they're always going to draw me back in because what I think makes sense here is they didn't, they were terrible, but so were the Ravens, right? You're coming off your bye week and maybe Baker Mayfield gets a little bit more healthy. Kareem Hunt, instead of just being a third down back can have a little bit more touches in that game. Jarvis Landry's, you know, knee injury and maybe also Donovan Peoples-Jones, who came in, I believe, with a groin injury last night and played. He is a little bit healthier. So you take a look at the Ravens off a bye. You should win that game at home. That's a game that you are supposed to win. Will they? We'll find out. The Raiders at home after the bye week again, second week. You're supposed to win that game. On the road at the Packers, you'd chalk that up as a loss here. But now you'd be usually looking at the Steelers going on the road. No way. Steelers are absolutely bailing water right now in that boat that's about to sink. And then the final game of the season is versus the Bengals. Now, could the Bengals already have the division wrapped up? Could the Bengals already be in their playoff seeding? And you have a home game where Cleveland needs that to get in? I think they can go 3-2 and two down the stretch here, Kevin. They have the talent to do it. They have the coaching staff to do it. But you got to be so much better. If you just looked last night and said, Lamar Jackson is going to play this poorly, you would have thought the Browns would have blown them off the field, and they lost. It's amazing what week-to-week week will do to you here in the NFL. But I still think there's a good chance that, A, the Browns can get in the playoffs, and, B, they can go 3-2 and two down the stretch. Even if they don't get in the playoffs, can still hit their team total. I really don't see it. I think Case Keenum should be quarterback in this team at this point. Baker's obviously <laughs> not healthy. They, they just lost another offensive lineman. This is just not a team that's going to be able to cross the finish line there. Donnie, like, oh, yeah, they almost beat the Ravens. Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions, and they lost this game. That's not, like, Lamar, and whether Lamar was feeling the effects of still being sick and missing a week of football, I don't know. You can figure that. You can't lose a game. The opposing quarterback throws four picks. Donnie, they scored 10 points. Donnie, over their last seven weeks of football, they're averaging 16 points per game, and that yeah. includes a week they scored 41. I didn't take that game out. They're averaging less than 17. They're broken. It's not Odell's fault, it turns out, in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt's dad's getting on Facebook, and he's annoyed. This team's toast. They're absolutely done. Come right back to the other line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the early line. Getting after it right here during the break. A lot of MLB free agency talk there. The hot stove. No one's talking baseball. No, no, baseball's, baseball's doing great. Max Scherzer, everyone's under the gun. We'll see what happens here. Look, I want to get back to Sunday Night Football quickly. Because the Baltimore Ravens, with that win, Donnie, have themselves in the top spot in the AFC. I look here through the odds, though. They are behind the Kansas City Chiefs. 
and the Buffalo Bills. But the interesting thing about Baltimore is they entered the season as a legitimate contender in a lot of people's eyes, as they've done every single year. Lamar has been their quarterback. And I look at the Baltimore Ravens, and they have continued to win ugly. They've continued to win games where I think a lot of people who say bet against them will say they should have lost that game. But it's interesting, Donnie, because typically the MO of a Baltimore Ravens and a Baltimore Ravens-Lamar Jackson team, to be exact, is to beat up teams in the regular season. So my question is, is it more of a case now where they can't even do that and that's why people are lower on them? Or should the Baltimore Ravens be getting more respect as a team that can win this conference and and if they win the conference, maybe win the Super Bowl? Yeah, but again, we're, we're taking a look at a very parity-driven NFL this year where you usually have a couple teams running away with everything. That's not the case. And just take a look at the AFC. You know, the Ravens in that top spot, 8-3. and three. Patriots, 8-4. and four. Titans, 8-4. and four. Chiefs, 7-4. and four. Bengals, 7-4. and four. Buffalo Bills, 7-4. and four. There is a log jam in there. But what we take a look at with the Baltimore Ravens, Kevin, always creeps back in, and rightfully so. Because did you see the game that Lamar Jackson played last night? Yes, the Baltimore Ravens won, but take that out. Isn't that what we anticipate where Ev, the stakes get higher and higher? And like, boy, Lamar Jackson is an electric athlete. He can will you to win. And then there's games where the bottom drops out on his game as a quarterback. You don't really get that feel. Even though it's happened in the past, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you don't feel like you have one of those performances where you would get to the playoffs for 140 yards and have four interceptions. We just feel, or at least myself, the perception is reality that he can be so electric at times, but we're just waiting for that performance to say, ha he's not a good quarterback in the NFL, even though he possibly had an MVP campaign here. It just feels that way for me, and that's why I don't think the Ravens are getting all that much respect, even though if the season ended today, they'd have the number one overall seed, and we know how well Baltimore plays at home under John Harbaugh. But just looking at Lamar Jackson and the performance last night, I think myself included, I wait for that performance to try to rear its head in the playoffs. That's why I just can't get behind the Baltimore Ravens just yet here, Kevin. The only thing I'll say, and then we'll move past this game, is there's a lot of people, though, Don Hugo. See, I know, but they can't do it in the playoffs. Last year, in the playoffs, they won on the road in a game they were down 10 nothing to the Tennessee Titans. That actually happened and for some like there is no game in the in the last five years of the nfl playoff history that people have decided to just pretend hasn't happened because that thing really happened and lamar was great in that game just not in the way that everybody wants him to be great which is 80 percent completion percentage and four passing touchdowns at 136 on the ground and a score because that's who lamar jackson is if the ravens aren't the best team in the afc maybe it's the team up in foxborough as the new england patriots beat the team that was just two weeks ago donnie and near minus 200 favorite to be the one seed in the AFC, which is the Tennessee Titans, but their season is falling apart as their key players are dropping continuously. We know about Derrick Henry, we heard about Julio Jones, and now A.J. Brown on the injured reserve, and it couldn't have come at a worse time as they play maybe the hottest team in the NFL, and now both groups sit here at 8-4, and four. but 8-4 and four has never felt so different, Donnie, as the Pats win this game 36-13. to 13. Yeah, it was sort of an unfair fight that you see at the second half. The Patriots outscored the Titans 20 to nothing. The Titans had their chances here, but just turned it over way too high to a clip, and you can't do that going on the road. But this sort of has that New Orleans Saints feel to me, speaking about the Tennessee Titans. What did you want them to do here? And I know we try to judge quarterbacks differently across the league for some reason, but when you take a look at you know Ryan Tannehill, what is he supposed to do in this game? He's down his top two wide receivers and maybe the best overall running back in football, and he's playing one of the better teams on the road here. This was expected here. And again, just two short weeks ago, I'm looking at going, hey, man, it's a really good chance that the Titans are going to hold down this top spot because of all the tiebreakers that they have. Heck, they might be 8-8 eight and eight before you know it as they sit right now, 8-4. and four. Who knows when A.J. Brown's going to come back? He's on IR. Mm. Julio Jones is always one play away from that hamstring flaring up, and we were talking about, hey, Derrick Henry possibly could come back in the first round of the playoffs, once they have their bye week, and they can be a dominating football team again. That's probably not going to take place here. You're looking at a team that was on top of the division, the AFC, by at least a game-and-a-half margin with tiebreakers, and now you're saying, can this team even make the playoffs? It's astounding because they're 8-4 and four overall. But I just read you mm-hmm. the standings in the AFC. 
in two weeks, Kevin, they could be out of the playoff picture altogether. What a precipitous drop here. But as I can say, you can't really fault the Titans. You need the players to win. They just don't have the players. That It's the absolute truth. That's why the context there on Tennessee is legit. It's why I'm not, oh, Ryan Tannehill's fraudulent or Vrabel's fraudulent. It's not about that. They're in an awful spot here. And they were more competitive in this game than that 36-13 score lets on. All in all, it was a game, if I believe, was 19-13 and they were going in for points or 26-13 when they had turned it over there. I mean, they were they were right there. They were knocking on the door set, but again, unable to really make much of this. But the one interesting thing, of course, Donnie, is with this New England Patriots team now, the opportunity to take down multiple awards. Matt Jones is now a minus 250 favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, 300 yards and two touchdowns. And as much as it felt like Jamar Chase had this thing locked up, quarterbacks are difficult to overcome. And Matt Jones is the quarterback for a team that some are wondering if they are the best in this conference overall and of course that game next week against Buffalo is a monster one but I'm almost a little more interested Donnie in the plus number but the favorite still in Bill Belichick to win the coach of the year at plus 350 to me it is he and Cliff Kingsbury running away with the opportunity to take down this award I'm not mad if you want to go out there and bet on both and assume you have the winner here Donnie but Bill Belichick with as good of a coaching performance as he's had in some time. Yes, and, and it's, it took about six straight wins here for the Patriots, which is tremendous stuff. And also, you just take a look at the odds to win, you know, Offensive Rookie of the Year. The Patriots have eight wins. Remember we were talking about Kevin in August saying, you know what, if they can get that nine and a half wins here with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, we really didn't care what anybody else did across the league as a rookie because he should get it just by the fact is, whoa, a rookie quarterback just stepped in here and won 10 football games and got them into the playoffs. Now, the one interesting thing also, you're taking a look at a buy-low scenario next couple weeks at the Bills, at the Colts, and then the Bills again, Kevin. So is this one of those scenarios where you have the lowest odds you can possibly get? And if you still like Mac Jones as a rookie of the year candidate and Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. as a coach of the year candidate, what do you do, Kevin? I might wait a few weeks because it'd be no shame in their game if they lose to the Bills on the road, lose to the Colts, and then you say in that final week, okay, let's see if they can beat the Bills, get to nine wins, beat the Jaguars, get to that 10th win, beat the Dolphins, get to that 11th win. At that time, your odds will be significantly better because there's a really good chance that they go 0-2 on the road over the next two games, Kevin. I will say this, though, Donnie. They're only plus 110 to win the AFC East. They win that division. I don't see how he doesn't win the award. I I almost don't hate, and I know it sounds a little wacky, a world where you bet the Bills to win the East and Belichick to win Coach of the Year and feel like you have one of those two that could come home. And maybe at least uh, you'll see, you know, maybe both of those could kind of come down here. I'll just add quickly, uh, you'll notice as you uh, continue to go through this board, it takes you a while to scroll down into the 30-to-1 range to find one of the most fraudulent candidates we have ever seen for that deep into a season. And, of course, Brandon Staley. The Los Angeles Chargers have not covered a game since October 10th. They were 4-1. and one. They're now 6-5, and five, upset again here and embarrassed by the Denver Broncos, 28-13. to 13. A quarterback that everybody believes has the world at his feet. Brandon Staley and the crew can't get the job done. Come back early on SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're right back here on the early line. I got to tell you. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a little bit mean. Is it too much? On a guy like a Brandon Staley? No. I mean, this guy might get fired. He might get canned. I, all I said was he shouldn't win coach of the year. I mean, I was right. That, it's okay to say. Plenty of things I'm wrong about. Plenty of things I'm wrong about. Not that many. But 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 there's enough. But not on the, Like, Donnie, this guy. And it's not like I was like, you know, hey, 4-1. and one, Why are people so high on him? They lost to the New England Patriots off of a bye. And it was a very telling result to me that they weren't set to go. And they were 4-3 and three at the time, and he was still the favorite for the award. And they came back, and they beat the Eagles by a field goal, didn't cover the game, ended up with a push, and he basically still ran. I'm like, that's not that good. And then they lose to the Vikings outright there. And this competitive game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where maybe they looked better than the final score indicated there, but it was still a bizarre game and certainly not a cover. And then they go to Denver. Their offense doesn't show up on the road again. And a Broncos team thoroughly embarrasses them in division play. The Denver Broncos, Donnie, are not a team that anyone takes serious in the race to make the AFC playoffs, it feels like. Yet they sit there with the same exact record as the Los Angeles Chargers. One of them is quarterbacked by Teddy Bridgewater. One of them is quarterbacked by Justin Herbert. One of them sold their franchise cornerstone at the deadline in Von Miller. And yet it is the LA Chargers who were supposed to go out there and make this postseason run. Am I too hard, Donnie, on Staley and the Chargers for what I believe is a massive, massive, underwhelming performance? Yeah, six and five overall. Certainly the talent level not matching that overall record here. And also, let's take a look at the Denver Broncos, who last time we saw them on the football field getting smashed by the Philadelphia Eagles. They go into the bye week and say, okay, well, let's see if we can do this again. They didn't even get healthy, Kevin. They were down their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle. And quite frankly, after what, the end of the first quarter, Teddy Bridgewater could barely even walk. So Drew Locke comes in the game and, oh, yeah, promptly throws an interception, 4 of 7. So they say, hey, Teddy. Can we put you in a wheelchair out there? Because that might help us a little bit better than Drew Locke at this point. And they put him back out there, and the Chargers still couldn't capitalize. 28-13 to 13 final, which wasn't even really that close if you watched. You know, Herbert had 303, two touchdowns and two interceptions. He wasn't the main thing. It's the defense overall. This is supposed to be a defensive coordinator that you brought over that was supposed to right the ship on this defense and say, boy, I got a lot of weapons to work with here from the defensive line to the linebacker position to the secondary, and it's just not working out. Kudos to the Denver Broncos for winning this game. And quite frankly, they didn't do it in amazing style. Teddy threw for 129 yards. Melvin Gordon had 83 yards on the ground. They just chipped away at this Chargers team, which is a big-time disappointment. And maybe you saw last week, hey, what a nice win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you see the Steelers this weekend versus the Cincinnati Bengals? Maybe rightfully so. Bad loss for the Chargers. you got to take advantage when teams are down on the offensive line. They couldn't, and they got blown away in the Mile High City. Now to show I'm a man of the people, right? When I'm right, I got you. When I'm wrong, hand up. I can't believe what the Philadelphia Eagles did against the New York Giants. I understood that the way of the NFL suggested the Giants had a chance to go out there and cover and maybe pull an upset. 
But the way this happened is as stunning of a result as I truly believe the NFL has delivered all year long. We've talked about the Eagles and their consistency on the offensive side of the football. They had scored at least 21 points in eight straight games coming into this and nine of 10 overall. They score seven points. Their legitimate worst offensive performance of this season. Before this game kicked off, about two hours before, you know, the the NFL Network crew with, you know, Pelissaro and Garofalo and Rappaport, whatever, all the group of them saying that Jalen Hurts may be doing enough to keep the job uh, years beyond. Well, this didn't help here, Donnie. Under 50% completion percentage, no touchdowns, three interceptions. It doesn't hurt that this clown front office somehow thought to draft Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, but circling back to that conversation is maybe not worth it. I am stunned that the Eagles lost this game. A golden opportunity when you look at the back of that NFC playoff picture. They fall to 5-7. and seven. Donnie, they have as many losses as the New York Giants. Giants. Yeah, it's incredible how the Philadelphia Eagles go on the road and, you know, mess up this chance here because the Giants didn't do anything per se. You know, 202 yards by Daniel Jones, 70 yards on the ground rushing, including so, so it was 27 rushes for 70 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. And oh, yeah, that included a 32-yard scamper by Saquon Barkley. The Eagles defense did the job here. And when we talk about teams, which I was coming into this week saying, all right, I do think they're going to beat the New York Giants, but this is a young team still learning how to win, and it's a road game in the division. And boy, did they play like it, because when you take a look at Jalen Hurts, 14 of 31 for 129 yards and three interceptions and no touchdowns, you could sort of equate it to what Lamar Jackson did with the Baltimore Ravens, but the Baltimore Ravens know how to win. Hey, look, our quarterback's terrible. Offense isn't moving the football. We still won the game 16 to 10. The Eagles came up lame in this one, and I got to say, like, If you're looking from a running perspective for the Eagles, they do what they do. 33 carries, 208 yards, good for 6.3 yards per carry. And they lost this football game because of inopportune times where they're turning the football over. Jalen Hurts in the first half throwing that interception in the red zone to Quez Watkins coming across the middle, a terrible interception. Before the half, looks like you're going to punch in a touchdown, which you did score, but got called back by a holding penalty. Jalen Hurts rolls out of the pocket with under 10 seconds to go and throws a horrendous interception where if he just throws the football away, kick the field goal, you go into the half tied at three. And even late in the game twice, Boston, Scott going down the field and fumbling the football as they were rumbling down the field. Then they get the ball back and you look to playmakers to make plays. As terrible as Jalen Hurts was, he threw an absolute dime down the left sideline that was so good, Kevin, He'd hit Rager right in the face mask, and he couldn't make the catch. And then he scrambles around on basically the last. You're probably going to have two plays left in the game. Throws a float ball. Mm-hmm. And we can equate this. Go in the backyard with your father growing up as a kid, as a nine-year-old, and your dad stands 20 yards away and throws you that little floater, and you catch it. Oh, yeah, touchdown here. That was the exact pass. It wasn't a rocket. It was a simple catch that you go up at the one-yard line, make the catch, fall into the end zone, or if not, you're tackled at the one, you spike the football, and probably have a play or two to run to score another touchdown. A terrible effort, but a microcosm of the Philadelphia Eagles and their drafting style. Justin Jefferson makes that catch. Heck, anybody should be able to make that catch. But Jalen Rager, twice in the last two minutes of this football game, as a first-round draft pick, had one hit him in the face mask, and hit him in the hands. The worst places to throw the football, apparently, for Jalen Rager. And to pair that all, Donnie, with the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles are sat there with potentially three picks inside the top 15, their own, the Dolphins, and a Colts pick that will be a guarantee to convert if Carson Wentz plays 100% of the snaps next week against the Houston Texans for those Indianapolis Colts. The Eagles move forward, and there was this big report about whether or not Hurts would be their quarterback and that he was playing at a level that suggested he would. And my stance on Hurts is continuingly unmoved. If the opportunity is there for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, because of all of these draft picks that the Philadelphia Eagles have, Jalen Hurts is not enough to stop you from trading for those guys. But I still look at this as a quarterback that doesn't have a full season under his belt and a year one head coach and a group that around him could still look to improve because his number one option is a rookie wide receiver and his number two option is again a court a wide receiver that if you hit in the face with the football he can't come down with it there so that's where I think things stand on Jalen Hurts he is the quarterback unless it is a superstar that is going to come over and take care 
of this team. We'll see how that plays out. And I think for the Philadelphia Eagles, and goodness me, maybe even if you were going to now consider the New York Giants at their 4-7 and seven record, you knew that there was going to be one team that was going to take a leap up and one team that was going to come back because it was the Niners and the Vikings facing off head-to-head. And it was a Kirk Cousins game. And I know that might be tough for Kirk Cousins. But overall, were, were his numbers good enough? Yeah, they look fine. Yeah, one interception. But the, pl- the thing with Kirk Cousins, Donnie, is the bad plays are backbreakers. And that interception that he threw was a backbreaker. It put this team behind the eight ball down two scores because the Niners came out of the half at a tie game and punched in a touchdown. And Cousins threw an interception that looked like he was aiming for a Niners defender. The next play, the Niners are into the end zone. It's 28-14, to 14, and they never looked back. The Niners are 6-5, and five, and the Vikings are 5-6. and six. Yeah, tough loss for the Vikings here going on the road. All week long, I did love the San Francisco 49ers at the minus three, so getting that one correct here. But you're also right. You had another lead by the Minnesota Vikings in this game. It seems like they're like the Indianapolis Colts of the NFC. Play with everybody, but just can't get over the hump. But you are right. Kirk Cousins showed that, that ugly turnover head. 238 in the air, two touchdowns, one interception, but also bigger news here, Kevin, because sometimes you take a look at these losses and be like, okay, let's survive and fight on. Dalvin Cook goes for an MRI today on a separated shoulder. If he's knocked out for any length of time, that's going to do some damage because you can still fight for that six and seven seed in the NFC, and you figure the Vikings would be on that trajectory. But now, taking a look at the San Francisco 49ers, taking the Eagles approach here, Kevin, 39 carries for 208 yards, 5.3 yards per carry, and three touchdowns here. The one thing I I'm not sold on, though. I love the way the 49ers play, but I still watch Jimmy Garoppolo, and I see the high throws and the misreads here, and they treat him like a rookie at quarterback. I don't know if that's going to carry you through to playoff success at this time, mm-hmm. but a good win for the 49ers, which, hey, they have a good chance now of making the playoffs sitting here at 6-5. and five. Niners, a considerable favorite, in fact, to make the playoffs now, Donnie, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, checking in at a minus 260 price here. The Vikings rounded out with a minus 104 to the yes, and then it is plus money abound. Saints, Eagles, Washington football team, who will be playing on Monday Night Football. We close out our recap and transition to a Monday Night Preview next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's close out the Sunday recap with one more game here before we get to Monday Night Football. I just found out during the break that's going to be a really fun game. I hope. We'll see. I'm fascinated. Quickly, I will say there were three games we had not mentioned yet. The Texans losing outright to the Jets. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it was it was a trap line. It made no sense. The, the Texans were killing them. I like loudly proclaimed, "I can't believe that was the line." What a clown show! And then the Jets won by seven. A bizarre game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not a real football team. I have no idea what happened to Trevor Lawrence. I almost wish he did go back to Clemson, which was a legitimate threat. I hate to see that though, because you know Jaguars AEW. They'll figure it out. Give them time. But there's absolutely a game that we need to bring up here. Because Cam Newton came back against the Arizona Cardinals and played seven snaps and recorded two touchdowns. It was unbelievable. And then they followed that up by losing outright to the Washington football team. But he had a 24-yard rushing touchdown. It was really their defense that fell apart. And then they went to Miami. And well, it all fell apart. The defense was horrid. Tua Tungavailoa was 27 for 31. I have no idea how they, uh, as that secondary, allowed him to be so dialed in. But I don't know if it mattered because Cam Newton finished with a stat line that I almost don't want to read out loud, but I must. Five for 21, no touchdowns. Two picks, a QBR of 5.4, a passer rating of 5.8, benched in this game. Maybe the worst performance a quarterback outside of anything Davis Mills put forward, Donnie. We have seen all season long. I am stunned by that performance. I'm not so much stunned, but I guess, you know, you see those numbers and you can't think it can get that low, right? And it actually seems like it possibly could have gotten lower because P.J. Walker actually had to come in the game and salvage a 40 passer rating with a QBR of 1.7. So who was the great quarterback? I guess it's Cam Newton of the Panthers right now. But more looking yeah. at the Dolphins side, Tua Tagovailoa comes in this game against a pretty good defense. Kevin Hanks, 33 total points on the board. Now, yes, there were some, you know, Pump blocks for touchdowns, but 27 to 31 is incredible. Keep in mind, Jalen Waddle, nine catches for 137, a rookie that's really producing. I can't wait to see Tua Tagovailoa with Will Fuller on one side, Devontae Parker on the other side, and Waddle in the slot. That should be some fun to watch, but more or less, not so much talking about the Dolphins, which is a nice win. It's talking about the Panthers. And you remember when Cam signed with Carolina, the national news and the Twitter strip blew up. Wow, back in Carolina. He's going to energize the crowd. He's going to have some fun. And he came his first game back, which they beat the Arizona Cardinals on the road, which is incredible to think about now at this time. But you saw Cam Newton in that game. Rushing touchdown, throwing touchdown. He's back. MVP, MVP. And I had to tell everybody, he gained 22 total yards in that game. Let, let's see what happens. The next week, he wasn't that bad. But I did have the Washington football team with the three and a half. Thought they'd play well. They beat them outright. Now the bottom is completely falling out. And I... You know, everybody moves past the news cycle so quickly. It was almost like, hey, Cam's back. So good to see him back in the league. And you want to raise your hand like, did anybody watch him with the Patriots last year? No, don't worry about that. Did anybody watch him get beat up by a rookie quarterback? In don't worry about that. Cam's back in Carolina. They're going to roll, man. And now you're seeing the fruits of the labor here. As they sit at five and seven. With Look, they're in the playoff hunt. But they, are, they don't have a quarterback who can actually play and throw. Cam Newton, as I said, and Kevin, if you remember this over the summer, boy, oh boy, if the New England Patriots can start Mac Jones but have Cam Newton in that Swiss Army knife red zone package, that would be tremendous stuff. Didn't work out that way. Now Cam Newton is a full-time quarterback in Carolina, and that ain't working out either. Cam Newton is maybe the greatest goal line back in the history of football. Now listen, yeah. I don't want to – at the end of the day – Cam Newton won and deserved an MVP, a team that went 15-1 and and went to the Super Bowl. Cam had his days. They're just behind him. That's the reality of it. And it wasn't going to help going up against a defense that has all of a sudden figured it out. And, Donnie, I don't, I don't know how far Miami can take this. But apparently Brian Flores is just never going to have actually a fully incompetent season. They were 1-7. They've won four games in a row. They host the Giants next. Then it's a bye week. Then they host the Jets. They're probably going to be 7-7 seven and seven after being 1-7. and seven. I mean, that's just probably how this is going to play out. Their win total seven and a half. They're 11-1 to one to make the playoffs. Again, I don't know if any of that is reasonable, Donnie. But I got to tell you, I don't think I'll ever come on here and say Brian Flores has lost the plot again because apparently even when he's lost it, he's he's still figuring it out. I mean, is this guy selling games early season to come back and bet his own team's live win total here? How is this team going to end up 500 after being 1-7? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting too, Kevin, because as you're saying, Tua Tagovailoa coming into his own without very many weapons. Once they get the weapons back, because all we were linked to in the offseason and throughout the regular season, right up to the tread line, was what? Hey, Deshaun Watson's going to get traded to the Miami Dolphins. Not so fast here. If you're putting Tua back in this race here, he's still going to be on a rookie contract. Are you giving up three first-round picks? You're going to say, hey, you know what? Let's keep the weapons we have and Tua. I think we could be better all for it. So a lot of things are taking place now where credit to a tag of Ilo, who it seemed like the Miami Dolphins didn't want from the moment they drafted him and saw Justin Herbert throw two passes in the NFL. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to find our new quarterback. Oh, my goodness. We love Deshaun Watson. Can he come down here? And Tua, through all the madness here and all the weapons that he doesn't get to play with, playing really good football. Wouldn't that be crazy if they did? It looks like they are going to be 7-7 seven and seven with a chance to make the playoffs. Credit Tua there and also credit Brian Flores. Just incredible. Brian Flores definitely would have better coach of the year candidacy than Brandon Staley. All right, that's the last one. Uh, Washington football team, Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Now, Donnie, I have no idea what to make of this side nor this total. And that, I know, isn't going to help a lot of people, but I have to be honest with you. Because I do not envision a world where Russell Wilson is about to come back and lose his third consecutive game. And in fact, it's been a while since we've seen Russ win a game. It was the 3rd of October. They're playing Taylor Heineke in a Washington team that everybody knows I love to rag on. You know that. But I can't believe what they did last week against Carolina, though maybe... Maybe seeing what Miami did against them lessens that reality. Seattle has played one over this season, one singular over, but I still feel like this is a Washington team who should be picked on when it comes to their defensive side of the football. But is Russ broken, Donnie? I mean, you've watched this guy. Can you, I can't even believe I'm going to say that. Can you back Russell Wilson? No, I can't back them tonight. And I, again, like last week against the Carolina Panthers, I like the Washington football team. The previous week before that, you thought the, you know, Washington would be at home against Tampa again, again, blowing out. This is a team playing pretty good football. And also, finally, we're going to get a Curtis Samuel sighting tonight in Washington to go along with Terry McLaurin. But you're right. The focus to me is not actually, Kevin, on the Washington football team. It's squarely on the shoulders of Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and the Seattle Seahawks, who seem completely broken. Never in a million years. Just take a five-game snapshot, right? They're one and four in their last five games. You know the team they beat? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations on that. They lost to Pittsburgh 23 to 20. New Orleans, 13 to 10. Green Bay, 17 to nothing. Arizona, 23 to 13. See all those offensive outputs? Let's equate and say, well, maybe just a little bit bad breaks are moving up and down the field, Kevin, but just not able to cash in in the red zone. Not the case here. Against Pittsburgh, 144 on the ground, 165 in the air. Against New Orleans, 90 on the ground, 129 in the air. Jacksonville, 69 yards on the ground and 160 in the air. Now say, hey, Don, well, Russell Wilson wasn't playing in those games. It'll make a big difference when he comes back. They play Green Bay. They don't score. They have 75 yards on the ground and 133 in the air. Well, Don, he's just needed a game back. Now they're going to be at home in front of the 12. It's going to be so exciting. And, oh, yeah, Arizona's not going to have their starting quarterback. Cole McCoy's going to play and also no Hopkins. 86 yards on the ground, 180 in the air, and I'm going to trust them to go on the road and win. It seems to me like Pete Carroll's checked out. Russell Wilson's looking for a new city. I'm going with the Washington football team tonight because I do think Seattle is a broken team right now. I try not to be stubborn with some of these teams. And I know like when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Donnie, week in, week out, I always say, I am the reason they get to continue to hang those terrible Chiefs numbers because every week I pack them on. Every week they bounce back, they kill a team. I mean, let's be honest here, right? And now the Seahawks are a team I actively dislike because they've squandered Russell Wilson. Pete Cowher should have been fired years ago. And it is a complete joke in the way that they continue to waste away some of these years. With that being said, Donnie, they should win this game here tonight. They have the better quarterback. They're more talented than the Washington football team. And Donnie, if they do that, their following game is home against the San Francisco 49ers. And goodness me, can Russell Wilson actually win a home game? You'd like to think that's possible. And then Donnie, they still have a game against the Texans and a game at home against the Bears and a game at home against the Lions. 
And I can't believe I'm actively talking about a 3-7 and seven football team's 13-1 to one odds to make the playoffs. Patani, I am talking about a 3-1 and one football team's, a 3-7 and seven team's 13-1 to one odds to make the playoffs. I, I can't quit Russ. I can't stand Pete Carroll. I hope he goes back and is a motivational coach alongside Lincoln Riley at USC. I think that they should fire him before this game. And if they announced they did, I would bet on the Seahawks. And every offensive coordinator he brings in is clueless. I am positive that I would bet their team total over if you told me Donnie was the play caller tonight for Seattle. I don't understand how they are where they are and you're supposed to believe a team when they show you who they are it is the 12th week of the nfl season and donnie i still don't believe they're this bad i want to bet the seahawks i want to bet the over and i think i want to put ten dollars down on them to make the playoffs Oh, my goodness. Yep. See that? This is the reason. I like it, too, because <laughs> most people will watch this show. These highlights will get spun out, and people will bet up the Seahawks. So I can come in and take the Washington football team later in the day at a better price. What do we like about Russell Wilson in that offense? Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. It was always nice filet mignons, lobster tails Russ was cooking up. Now it's just straight up green eggs and ham at this point that it seems like he's, you know, making magic. In the back. Hey, Russ doesn't need an offensive line. Just let him do what he does. Russ needs an offensive line because he's not the same quarterback. And maybe we see a glimpse of the past. It's like, hey, we just needed a couple weeks for Russ to get right here. But I'm not willing to bet on that at this time. I actually think the better football team tonight is in Washington. And what has told me over the last month and a half that Seattle's the better football team? Absolutely nothing. I'm taking Washington tonight. And no, Kevin, Seattle's not going to make the playoffs. Russell Wilson's passing yardage prop is 244 and a half against a defense that I'm pretty sure gave up 300 passing yards to every single quarterback who walked on the field for the first seven weeks of the season. I, I have no... But, but that's where it should be. I mean, that's where it should be. It, it is... This game might break me tonight because I know I'm going to be very excited to get involved with this game. Donnie, in the short minutes that we have left here, some props look for you here on Monday Night Football. Yep, quick look. Two looks. Anytime touchdown score. Terry McLaurin tonight at the FanDuel Sportsbook listed at a plus 145. And Kevin, your answers, your prayers have been answered here by the FanDuel Sportsbook tonight. How about this juicy prop under game specials? Four guys to score a combined three touchdowns tonight pays at a two-to-one price. Collins, Gibson, so two starting running backs. McLaurin, DK Metcalf, two, tar- two starting wide receivers. We got to take this one tonight, right? Plus 200? We absolutely do. Don't be scared to boost that one if you'd like FanDuel. It'll be a great night for game specials, I hope. DRS closes out the show next, right here on Sports Grid. Listen up, folks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. segment of the day for the early line right here on the Sportsman Network Series XM channel 159. Both myself, Kevin Walsh, both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh. We're going to hand it off shortly here to Ben Stevens in the morning after. But before we do that, people, listen up. All right, hot topic of the day. Coaches moving around. Usually it's called like, you know, Black Friday or Black Monday in college football. But how about this one? Talk about sales. Yeah, how about a sale? Lincoln Riley heading to the West Coast and the Pac-12 to take over USC. One of the most recruiting, most fertile recruiting bases you could possibly have is in California. And Riley will do well. But here's why he's a really smart man. 55 and 10 overall at Oklahoma in the Big 12. Could have stayed there another 20 years, making, I don't know, 10, 15 million dollars a year. Who knows with inflation over the past couple of years what coaches will be making because they're routinely signing hundred million dollar contracts here. But now you take a look at Lincoln Riley saying, hey, you know what? We're gonna move to the SEC. This should be tremendous for recruiting. And whoa. I actually have to coach in the SEC? Hmm, let's think about that here. So now as you take a look at that 55-10 and 10 record, the SEC on the horizon, and also at the end of the game after they lost in Bedlam to Oklahoma State, Lincoln Riley looked right into the camera and said, I will not be the head coach of LSU. And he's correct because he's going to be the head coach of USC. Take a look at this. It's a genius move, and it's in the Urban Meyer-esque you know, relevancy. Why is that? Urban Meyer goes to Florida when they're down, resurrects the program. Urban Meyer goes to Oklahoma when they're, excuse me, Ohio State when they're down to resurrect the program. Now you take a look and you say, hey, Lincoln Riley, go to USC. No pressure after like the Pete Carroll realm has been so far in the rearview mirror here. You're going to take over for Clay Helton, who was 46 and 24. Amazing stuff here and a genius move for career longevity in college football. Get out while the getting's good. Head to USC. Rebuild this program. I think it's going to work out pretty well here for Lincoln Riley. But overall, you just take a look and then you say, oh, you reaching out to Cliff Kingsbury? He ain't leaving the NFL to go to Oklahoma. Come on now. The one thing you got to do also, watch Ben Stevens coming up in the morning after. You know who's going to be there? Me. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.